Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? How learning is on is Ivan Lakin Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Rachel, nobody owns me. Okay. Nobody owns me, Rachel. I didn't I didn't think they did. Where's People try from? to own you. People Where's try to own you. From? What kind of mood are we are we setting? It, Look. Well, listen, I feel I really feel that with what's happening. I know you in feel this it. Country. I, I you really feel do. You know, you do work with people and you work with people and you're doing stuff and you know, you're doing your best to fulfill obligations, but sometimes I'm not talking about, you know, podcast stuff, but sometimes people feel like they own you. You don't own me. We're working together. Let them know. You don't own me. You don't own me. Don't tell I'm not just one of your many toys. You don't own me. me. Don't say I can't go with other boys. Dun, 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 so who's who, who, so? And don't tell me what to wear. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> this it's not what to wear. This is, you're making it's it sexist. <laughs> Don't, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to say. Oh, I thought it was what to what to wear. Who sings that? You don't know me, Leslie man? Gore. What year? Let's see. What year did you don't own me came come out? Nineteen sixty three. Women been going through this for a fucking long time. <laughs> she was Leslie Gore. Leslie Gore is rebelling in 1963 that is so apt to what we have to discuss today 1963 leslie gore is telling somebody you know and haven't got the picture yet they haven't got the picture yet rachel we might as well dispense with the pleasantries and get right into it it seems as if because of a leaked document that everybody and their mama has seen now the supreme court has voted to overturn abro- uh, abortion rights, okay? You guys, normally we give you 30 minutes of, of bullshitting. It's not, it's not a bullshitting matter. It's not a laughing matter. We got to get right into it. There have been large protests that have broken out uh, across the country. Politico was reported this on Monday. Uh, uh, they published a draft of the ruling that was written by Alito that says decisions in Roe versus Wade, Planned Parenthood versus Casey must be overturned. And now here's the situation with that. We're going to have Caroline Corbin, um, our constitutional law scholar on Lady to dissect this. But Rachel, I'm clearing out. I don't know if people know this, but you are in fact a lady. And my feelings in this matter are far less important than your feelings on this matter. So I would like to give you the opportunity to discuss how you feel. You know, this is this is a tough one because when it happened, I was um I actually got the text message from our own Juliet Littman. And I thought it was a joke. And I was walking into the movie theater to go see the Top Gun premiere. So I was excited, ready to see what all if the hype, if this movie lived up to hype to the hype, which it does, by the way. And um, I get this message and I start reading this political article and realize that, and at that point, the the draft opinion had not been confirmed. No one had confirmed whether or not that this actually came from inside the court. Um, And I immediately had chills. And honestly, every time I read a headline about it, every time I watch an article about it, I am literally chilled to the bone. Mm. 
because I was born in 1985. And as long as I've been born, women have a choice. And I eventually want children. And at the moment, if this draft opinion is the actual opinion of the court, I will raise children, hopefully uh, girls, I'm assuming, who won't have a choice, who won't have a certain freedom over their bodies. It's just, you know, we joke about this being the handmaid's tale time. We joke about, you know, like we're going backwards, but this ruling actually makes that a real a reality. And I guess what's so even more upsetting about it is the people that are making this decision are people who aren't even going to be affected by it. They're either men or they have the the wealth and the income that if they are in, put in a situation where they have to make a decision or someone close to them has to make a decision for an abortion, they have the means to make that happen and move to a state where they can actually get this done. This affects so many other people, people of color, um, obviously women, and I just can't imagine living in a world where this is actually going to be the law of the land, and it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I could get emotional over it because it's a scary place to be in because we just don't know what else this is going to lead to. Um, and when you think about why this decision was made in the first place, when you go back to 1973 and you figure out why a Supreme Court voted seven to two to give women choice and freedom over their bodies, you have to look at the decisions that why they, this came about. Yes, it was decided based on a right of privacy, but when they broke down why that this needed to happen, that women needed to have freedom over deciding what they wanted to do with their bodies, they considered several different things. They considered that there could be medical harm to the, to the mother, to the offspring. They considered that this could lead the woman to live a distressful life uh, and the child as well. They talked about the psychological harm that could be involved. They talked about the mental health and the physical health that could be taxing on the mother due to childcare or other um, situations. They talked about the concern of a child being born that's not wanted. Uh, they talked about the problem of bringing up a child who couldn't, where the mother couldn't provide for them. They went through all these different things. They talked about the stigma that women have to face of being an unwed motherhood, mother, which is why they may not want to move forward in regards to having the child. Basically, there are a number of different factors that could come about as to why a woman just could decide that she did not want to move forward with her pregnancy. And that is her right to decide. With this decision, they are taking all of that away and are basically reminding women that they are not on the same level as men in this society. And I think that is what is so detrimental. We are once again reminded of the patriarchy. That's it. Uh, very well said. Um, so to me, and I echo all your sentiments, but I also think that there's something else that's happening. And of course, this right here is an outright declaration of war. Mm -hmm. um, there's no longer a political divide in America. There's no longer uh, a political schism in America. We're no longer, uh, it's not just that we can't agree on anything. It's not just that we 
don't know how to have difficult conversations anymore. We're at political war. Absolutely. I expect, I expect everyone to act accordingly. Now, when I think about it, it shouldn't have taken this for us to understand this. An attack on voting rights should have should have woke, woken us up to this. Um, attacks on uh, speech, the banning of books, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. all of those things. We're talking about. So I want you to think about the society now that's being shaped here in America that exists now. Um, if this decision does uh, come to fruition, all of those things should have let us know that we are at political war, obviously. But now. There is no doubt about the fact that we are that rights that we believe to be fundamental to our uh, existence in America. When I say our, I mean peace, freedom and equality, loving people to our existence in America are under attack. Mm -hmm. And there's no rational way to really do that. All right. Um, This is a wake up call to everyone that's involved that it is absolutely time to go to the mattresses. I'm not going to blame anyone for this except for the body that's making this decision, which is, which are members of the United States Supreme court. We're talking about Amy Coney Barrett, Clarence Thomas, Alito, um, and the like, right? We're talking about those people. I'm not blaming anyone other than them, but I'm telling you that now, you know, it's three 30, You've gotten off of the bus. You didn't know if the person that, that's been talking shit about you all day long at school actually wanted to fight. You showed up because you don't want to bitch out. But you don't know if they actually wanted to fight. They just hit you. You know they want to fight now. So now your decision is whether or not to fight and whether or not to do everything that you can do to make sure that you can go to school tomorrow safely and that you don't just get punched every single day or you tuck your tail. This right here is something that a lot of people thought that they didn't have the balls to do. That they didn't have the balls in this way to come at this right, this type of issue that the court didn't have the balls to do. And I think a lot of people thought really that, yeah, I think a lot of people didn't think that this would happen. I did the moment that uh, Amy Coney Barrett was put on the court. Mm, well, um, I, I think I think a lot of people thought that this was that this was a bridge too far. Like, for example, I give you an example with that. Uh, the Supreme Court backed. The Supreme Court didn't fall for President Trump's electioneering bullshit, right? Too obvious. What makes that more obvious than what do you mean? Like it, you mean it's that the same he won? Thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. I just don't think that there was a way that they could actually rule in his favor when it came to that. Uh, the, what they're ruling on right now, I mean, to, look, we're arguing semantics now, but yeah. to me, this is as egregious as that. <laughs> more, like to 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 me, this is as egregious as that. This is one of the ugliest days and not just American history, but one of the ugliest days in the history of the free world. It's, it's crazy. Of course, they've turned it, they, they've turned it uh, into something else. Now it's, it's a full on mission impossible movie to find out who leaked. It doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter. Like, I'm right now saying that whatever has to be done to make this climate as uncomfortable as possible for the people that oppose the rights of women to have sovereignty to their body, I'm with it. I just, it, it's, it, it's, it's disgusting. And it is not at all. It is not at all. They're not, they're not fucking playing with us. They're not playing. They're, remember Friday when Big Worm tells Smokey, and Friday, Big Worm, Smokey's like, man, he's just playing. He ain't going to do nothing. What does Craig tell Smokey? He said, you walk around here all day playing. You playing. He ain't playing about his money. When he said he'll shoot you, he'll shoot you. When the right is saying that they will shoot you, they will shoot you. Will you shoot back? And that's, yeah. All right. Um, now, now that we've mm-hmm. emoted, we have to talk about the facts, which means we have to bring in a constitutional law professor, Caroline Corbin. We, you know her. We love her. She's going to let us know how we got here, how they even have the balls to do what they did, and if there is any recourse that President Biden has to kick them back in their nuts, we'll talk to her right now. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Okay, so uh, there is frenzy about in America and that frenzy has to do with the fact that uh Supreme Court is set to make a very disgusting decision, I gotta be honest with you. I, I I'm trying to be straight up and down as a reporter. Um, but I'm not a reporter, I'm a podcaster, so this whole thing is about our opinions. Is that not right? Not right, mm-hmm. Rach? Mm-hmm. Um We are not constitutional law professors, however. We do know one. <laughs> Caroline Corbin is back to help us make sense of what's going on in the hallowed halls of the Supreme Court. I'm not even going to do any setup. I want you to tell me from where you're sitting, your big distinguished law brain, <laughs> what is happening right now in this moment in American history. Okay. So the first thing to be clear about is that this is not the court's final ruling. This is just a draft opinion. It could change. Right now, they seem to have a majority for it, but who knows? Maybe they won't at the end. Even if they do, the holding might be slightly different. So I just wanna start with that precaution. Having said that, we are so, uh no the word i was going to use wasn't the right one we're in a lot of trouble this no say it caroline (laughs) you gotta say it this is how we know it we're all thinking it just just go ahead say it say it please we we are so fucked (laughs) (laughs) it's so true it's not funny it's true right i mean the bottom line is the court says without mincing its words in any way 
that it is overruling in its entirety Roe v. Wade and all the cases that followed it. In other words, it is saying that the Constitution of the United States does not protect the right to an abortion. And so what this means is it's not that abortion becomes illegal immediately in the whole country. What it means is each state gets to decide for itself whether it wants to make abortion available or illegal. Unfortunately, over half the states are super keen to make abortion illegal as soon as possible. So that's the bottom line. Um, women or other people who may become pregnant will no longer be able to control their body. They will no longer be able to decide when they want to have a family or if they want to become pregnant. All that basic uh, power over themselves, over their bodies, over their lives will vanish because we now have a conservative Supreme Court. Um, this it's it's truly it's just it's gut wrenching, you know, when it's this when this was like. And I remember when we had you on here last, we kind of talked about it. we talked about that this was going to be argued in December. And, you know, you normally expect the ruling to happen in the summer, but now, you know, this, this draft has been leaked. My question is, and I, I really want to get into the fears that people have, and honestly, rightly so, if this draft opinion is the actual opinion that's published. So I know that there's a disclaimer in there where they discuss that this only applies to abortion, I mean, to abortions, but it's kind of like a throwaway. How likely that if this is the actual opinion, could the logic that's used in this opinion be applied and then put other rights in jeopardy? Okay, so the first thing I wanna say is, correct, the opinion does specifically say this applies to abortion and abortion alone, um, but even if it just applies to abortion, it's an abomination. So. I think we all are on the same page, but yeah. I, 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 before we look at what else is down the line, that in itself is an enormous step backwards for this country. I mean, I just want to emphasize that usually when the Supreme Court makes a major reversal in the law, when it overrules precedent that has been around for decades, it's usually to expand protection for vulnerable groups. So when it overruled Brown versus Board of Education, it was ending the second-class citizenship of Black Americans. When it decided Obergefell, which recognized same-sex marriage, it ended the second-class citizenship of gay Americans. In this case, it is overruling precedent to make half the population second class citizens. Okay, I'm sorry, I just needed to vent a little. No, now no, I will actually no, answer glad, your yeah, question, yeah. which is I think a very valid fear because despite its holding that it was only going to change fundamental rights vis-a-vis -vis abortion, the reasoning it used is not going to be cabined to abortion. So I'm gonna do a little background law. You know, I can't help 
interjecting a little constitutional law as I do my explainers, but I'll be very brief. So the constitution protects individual rights. It protects both enumerated rights. Those are rights that are specifically listed in the constitution like the first amendment right to speech. And it protects unenumerated rights. Those are rights that are not specifically listed in the text. But the major question is which fundamental rights does it protect? And what the court did is the test they used to decide which rights are gonna be considered fundamental and therefore protected by the constitution, the test they use is very, very stingy. So according to the court, the United States Constitution does not protect a right unless it is, and this is the, the legal term, deeply rooted in our nation's history and traditions. And so the question it asked in this case was, is abortion, is the right to abortion deeply rooted in our nation's history and tradition? It did a very questionable review of history and said no. That's not the only way you can decide whether a right is fundamental or not. You might start with history, but also consider more contemporary norms, given that our history is incredibly racist and sexist and homophobic. You might wonder why they insist on grounding our rights only in those that were recognized in history. So that's the first problem. And the second, even if you use that test, the way you articulate the right may make a big difference. So here they articulated the right really narrowly, the right to abortion. If they had asked and said, is there a right to bodily autonomy? Is, the, is that right deeply rooted in our nation's history or tradition? Or is the right to make major decisions about your family? Is that right deeply rooted in our nation's history tradition? They might've gotten in a different answer. But because the test that they use first looks only to history and second frames rights really narrowly, there is a real risk that we'll lose others. So take same-sex marriage, right? Is the right to same-sex marriage deeply rooted in our history and tradition? No. Is the right even to contraception deeply rooted in our nation's history and tradition? Well, if you do the kind of history the Supreme Court does, the answer is no. 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 Um, okay. So Roe is the early 70s, right? It's 72 or 73? Mm -hmm. 70, 73. 72. Okay. Um, 73, so, KC 92. Okay. Okay. So I guess the question for a lot of people is, and obviously these things are subject to interpretation, but what was the basis on which the court ruled in the original case that abortion was uh, the right of, of a woman? So let's go back for a second. Let's look at what has changed in the span of 50 years that has made this new set of judges decide that uh, this is not a right that a woman should have. Okay, so again, to be clear about what has changed, it's not been a change in the facts. It's not been a change in the law. It's right. not because the law was unworkable, which are the usual reasons why a court might reverse something. The change is who's sitting in the in the in the mm. bench. So you ask, 
what is the basis for a right to abortion? It's some of the things that I mentioned, the right to bodily autonomy, the right to make medical decisions, the right to decide whether or not to procreate, the right to determine the size of your family. Those are privacy rights. In addition, um, there's also the question of equality. We have an equal protection clause. Now, it didn't ground it explicitly in the right to equality, but it certainly acknowledged that there's no way that women can be equal citizens in this country if they don't have the right to control their reproduction. So all of these were things that were mentioned in the previous cases that found that abortion was a fundamental right protected by the U.S. Constitution. Mm. I, sorry, uh, I'm, I'm so caught up in what she's saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm too. Go ahead. Do you um, want to follow I'm going to ask you to do something. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to do something really putrid right here. Okay. Are you ready for this? And the reason why I'm going to do this is because there are a lot of people who are angry. And I believe that this is the, the first salvo in a major, major fracturing, a real one in America. People don't, people, the Cold War of the left and the right, the Cold War of the <laughs> free states and the slave states, <laughs> this to me is the first shot in a war that's about to go hot. And I mean politically hot to where people actually get to a point to where they don't want to share their communities with certain types of people. So I'm going to ask you to do something now, having said that, that might be impossible for you. I'm going to ask you to argue the other side. Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um, life begins at conception. And therefore, abortion is a murder. And so the Constitution does not protect the right to murder somebody else. That's the other side. That's implicit. Okay. Why? I mean, that's, it... that's, all, that's what underlies this. Now, sure. again, the actual legal argument was the only fundamental right that, that exists are rights that are deeply rooted in our nation's history and tradition. And if you survey history, you can see that at the founding of the country, women did not have a constitutional right to abortion. They did not have a constitutional right to abortion when the 14th Amendment was passed. And therefore, that is not something that the Constitution protects. Yeah, but but I, I... really what is driving this decision is what I said, is the belief that abortion is murder and the Constitution should not protect that. Okay, so being that that's the case, uh, you've... We've discussed that it's wrong from a legal from a legal standpoint, just based upon your knowledge of the Constitution. Just once again, why is this, in your opinion, unconstitutional? Oh, well, again, um, at the very least, if the court is going to reverse longstanding precedent, it has to have a principled reason. And according to its own rules, the reasons why you can reverse precedent like this is either there has been a change in the facts, that there has been a change in the law that makes the precedent no longer really controlling, or the rules have been unworkable. 
they're just impossible to apply. Um, and none of those things hold true. There've been no change in the facts that would suddenly make abortion no longer a right. There's been no change in the law because every decision since Roe that has faced the question has reaffirmed that abortion was protected by the constitution. And as for workability, the actual issue before the court was a law that said abortion was banned at 15 weeks. And the controlling law was you cannot ban abortion before viability, which is closer to 24 weeks. I gotta tell you, as far as constitutional laws go, the law that, that the rule that you can't ban abortion before viability is about as clear as you will ever get in terms of constitutional doctrine. So it clearly was not a case that the doctrine was unworkable to decide this case. So what I'm trying to say is that all the general bases for overruling a decision or none of the bases for overruling this decision was present here. And the only other way you would do it is if you believe that the decision was fundamentally wrong the day it was decided. And generally, as I said, in those situations, they're overruling because the law is restricting the rights of a particular group of people. So is there, let's just say, I mean, the way things are going, this is something that is going to be the law come summer, we'll most likely get this, this uh, decision to come down. Let's just speak, I guess, in, 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 in terms of that. Is there something that, is there some sort of executive power or legislative power that can prevent this type of law from, from becoming the law of the country? Is there something that President Biden can do? Is there something, you know, the Women's Health Protection Act, is that something that could help you know, prevent this from, from moving forward? Okay, so no, yes and no. So the no is the Supreme Court, the judiciary is that branch of the government that has the final say on what the constitution means. So if the, constitu if the Supreme Court of the United States says that the constitution of the United States does not protect abortion, then the Constitution of the United States does not protect abortion. And the only way to change that is by amending the Constitution. Which, or changing the composition of the court so that they overrule right. this decision. Right? However, that does not mean that the federal government cannot do anything because the federal government, Congress has authority to pass laws if it falls into one of its powers. Um, and it has previously passed laws to regulate abortion. So Congress passed a law banning what it called partial birth abortion. So there is, right? So Congress does have authority to regulate with regard to abortion. So Congress can pass laws to protect it across the nation. But this would be a statute, not the constitution. It would still be statutory protection, which is amazing. I mean, for example, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act prevents discrimination in the workplace. It's a statute, but it provides protection. 
So there is something that Congress can do. And one of those things is what you mentioned, is to actually codify um, the legality of abortion. But that then you need the votes for something like that, right? Yes, sure. You do. And, and you don't have them. You don't. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, um, last question for me is, what about this idea of packing the court? Uh, of Joe Biden, because it's been done before, I guess FDR did it, uh, or, or presidents of old have packed the court and the number has been reduced back down to nine. Forget about the political ramifications of that, which is, which is the reason I don't think it's going to happen. What are the, what's the constitutional barriers to him to President Biden packing the court. Okay. How realistic is that? Like, what does that entail? So I think what you are suggesting is that, um, as I said, there are two ways you can change the what, the, what the, the, the Supreme Court's interpretation of the Constitution. One is to amend the Constitution, and one is to get a different collection of judges who right. will then rule again. Right. So one proposal is to just increase the number of justices. Right and have Biden pick the majority of them. And then that court will say, this decision was egregious and a terrible deviation from our long understanding that people have the fundamental right to bodily autonomy and making medical decisions and controlling their families and women's equality, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there is, Nothing in the Constitution that specifies the number of people on the Supreme Court. So the Constitution says there must be a Supreme Court, but it doesn't say how many people must be on that court. So there is nothing in the Constitution to preclude expanding the number of justices. Here's so why won't he do it? Oh. Um, I'm sorry, Rachel. It's okay. Again, the, there's the political answer, and then there's <laughs> right. the right. If we can't even pass, um, you know, child. If we can't even, if we can't even have Congress increase um, the we the, you know the the basic protections for poor children. I'm not sure how we can. The other more policy concern is. Uh, once you go down this road, what's good for the goose might be good for the gander. For the gander. So yeah. if we do it, uh -huh. if the next president is Republican, then you might have ever expanding courts. Um, right. Having said that, given how political the, the the court is now, I'm not sure how much I'm not sure how much more political it could really get. So yeah. I think right. that concern might be overstated. Um, although I will say, yeah, I'll just, <laughs> it's possible. You, it, so the answer is, can you do it? And the answer is yes. There's nothing in the constitution that precludes expanding the size of the court. In your opinion, in reading this draft and seeing the montage of the conservative judges that are currently on the bench, what they said in their Senate confirmation hearings, and then you see the decisions that or the way that they're leaning towards things based on the draft opinion. Do you think this makes the Supreme Court look weak? 
do you think that it makes it look like they've lost their credibility? Um, yes. I mean, mm -hmm. again, we expect the court to make decisions based on principles. And really, this court seems to be making decisions based on politics. And that is most assuredly going to undermine the legitimacy of the court. How could it not? How could it not? <sighs> All right. Well, uh, you know, every time we talk to you, it's I'm gonna send you a nice fruit plate, Carolyn. Because <laughs> every time we talk to you, there's some fuckery about. Okay. So I'm gonna make sure it's coming down there in Miami. I'm gonna send you a nice fruit plate. Do you like what kind of fruit plates do you like? Like you like the fruit plate that's just the fruit, or you like it with the little fruit dip that they have as well? Which one do you like? I'll leave it to you. I'll, okay, I'm gonna send you a nice fruit plate. You, you go out to Biscayne Bay, you chill, and you enjoy yourself. Because uh, every time we have you on, it's very, 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 very bad stuff happening. But you help us understand it, and we're grateful for you. Yes. And we'll we'll hope to be calling on you again. Um, but you know. When something better happens, uh, that is Caroline Corbin. We are talking about uh, the fact that we're careening down the road to oblivion. But I'll, I'll stop being so uh, so uh, so absolutely negative. Thank you so much for joining us today on Higher Learning. Um, we, we appreciate the insight as always. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. After talking to Caroline, are you more pissed off or scared or less? I feel exactly the same. I mean, you know, I don't know. I I don't know. I just, I, I feel the same. Like the moment that the, uh, the draft opinion came out, now that it's been confirmed that it did come from the court, mm -hmm. it's just like, it is the beginning of the end. That's how I felt. Yeah. It's, no. uh, it's so troubling because it's it's almost too, well, I guess we kind of talked about that, but yeah, it's just like, what will now I'm just like waiting. What will the court yeah. do next? If you don't yeah. think that at this point states are going to flood the court system with cases that can hopefully get sent to the Supreme Court to overturn other decisions and other people's protect protected rights, you're fooling yourself. It's exactly yeah, what's what what's about to happen. I want to get Tamika Hamilton on. What's she see gonna what her say? Husband, see what her husband thinks about this. What's she gonna say? Like I she's, get her a, on. she's a walking like campaign for whatever whatever the conservatives are are spitting out these days. Like, how much you want to bet she's gonna say exactly what uh Caroline said when you asked her but, to argue the other side. But I just want to have a conversation. I, I feel like we need to have a conversation with a conservative about this. We did. I don't know. We could have it with her, but last time we didn't really have a conversation. She really uh, you know, thought warriors were upset, she really wasn't saying anything. The thought warriors get mad at the drop of a hat. It's not about what the thought warriors at this point. Well, but she I really under, didn't say anything. I, I'm not saying that she did, Rachel. <laughs> what I'm saying is that at this particular point, I need to be able to make sense of this. I can't. And so 
I don't know what we need to do. Okay. Bring her on or bring Camille on. Camille, I don't know if I Camille's what he's on talking this. About. Camille's a libertarian, though. He's not going to be on this. Either either he's going to say either he's going to say you should be able to do whatever you want with your body, or he's going to say it's up to the states. He's a libertarian. That's different. Like, you know. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Dave Chappelle attacked on stage by armed man while he was performing at the Hollywood Bowl. He was performing at the Hollywood Bowl. Netflix is a joke, okay. And a guy ran up on stage, okay. And the dude, his name is Isaiah Lee. He's twenty three. He tried to attack Dave Chappelle. He had a replica gun with a knife inside of it. I believe full on that this man had the intention to stab Dave Chappelle. We've all seen the video now. The video he tried to tackle Dave. Dave broke the tackle. Dave now has a his break tackles rating on Madden has gone up. Uh, he has a ninety three break tackles in Madden. He mm-hmm. broke the tackle, and then they beat the shit out this dude. Beat his motherfucking ass. His arm looked like a fucking jenga. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Chris Rock came up on stage after that and said this. Was that Will Smith? Little on the nose. Little on the nose. Grade that joke from one to ten. It was predictable. Yeah. The low hanging fruit. Little on the nose. I chuckled. Still, I chuckled. I chuckled. You know what? You know why? Because he hasn't been that outspoken about it. So I was like, oh, okay. He went there. Right. Um, Dave spoke afterwards. This is what Dave said. Oh, now everybody comes out for the curtain call. <laughs> Shout out to Jamie Foxx, by the way. Jamie. Jamie, where you at? Jamie, 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 hold up. Make some noise for Fox. Whenever you're in trouble, Jamie Foxx will show up in the sheriff's hat. Turn the mic up. Nigga, I thought that was part of the show. I don't know what the fuck is... Alright, that's... It's it's too much. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, it's not. We're not. It's not going anywhere. So Lee is being held on thirty thousand dollars bond. Uh, it's been reported just recently that they're saying that this doesn't meet the threshold of felony assault. I'm not yeah. sure why he had a weapon. Uh, so it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Question to you, Rach: Is this in any way tangential to the Will Smith situation? Has Will? There are people out there that are saying. Will Smith has opened up a Pandora's box. Yeah. And that comedians are now fair game while they're on stage. And this is why this Isaiah Lee guy who's been talking shit about Dave Chappelle for a couple of years now, he had a song out where he talked about him. Um has oh, Will he Smith did? made Yeah, has Will Smith made it unsafe for comedians? No. You can't just say look at the Will Smith incident and say, "Oh, because of this happened, now all comedians you know, are subject are going to be subjected or it's, ve- it's highly likely that someone is going to attack them in the same manner that Will Smith did with Chris Rock or the way this guy Isaiah Lee did to Dave Chappelle. I think that comedians have been kind of on the chopping block for a while in regards to cancel culture, in regards to 
you know, some comedians say refusing to actually do stand up anymore in certain venues because of the way audiences or social media is responding to their content. A lot of comedians feel like they don't have the freedoms that they used to have in regards to what they can say and the certain jokes that they make. They're being scrutinized in a way that they've never been looked at before. So I think that comedians have been, you know, it's not likely, I, I mean, I wouldn't assume this would happen, but I think that people have been attacking comedians, whether it be verbally or now physically, um, for a while now. But you can't look at the Will Smith and say, oh, now he's leading the charge and everybody feels like the door is open where, you know, if they have an issue with the comedian, they can bum rush the stage. That You can't blame this on Will. You can't at all. Uh, you you yep. you want to, don't you? No. <laughs> not at all. Like not, not even a little bit. I don't think this has anything to do with Will Smith. Not at all. Um, that it's just the way the internet is right now. Obviously, this is all fucked up. Right. And he deserved to get his ass beat exactly the way he gets he gets his ass beat. He got his ass beat. This is all fucked up. My thing is, this comes out and everybody has a take, right? Mm-hmm. First, the take is it's Will Smith's fault. Secondly, the take is, well, Dave Chappelle's been acting like an asshole on stage for so long that um, we don't care that this happened to him. The first thing that happened to me is I got scared. A guy with a knife try to attack Dave Chappelle. What if he fucking stabs Dave Chappelle in the femoral artery and Dave bleeds out on stage? And What if he's killed? What if a fucking guy runs on stage in the Hollywood Bowl and kills Dave Chappelle? We don't fucking need that. It, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, we, this is scary times. It's like, it's just, it's just fucking it's, nuts. It I, is. It, sorry, sorry. No, it's fine. Oh no, it is. But it's also interesting how different the response would be if the worst happened and he was attacked and uh, and you know, like, lost his life in that moment. Right now, people are, you know, saying, "Oh, Dave Chappelle, he said all these things and has hurt so many communities." You know, he's upset people. If he had died, it would have been a totally different response from people. But the, what people need to look at is that could have happened. This man was armed with a weapon and tried to attack Dave Chappelle. That's never okay. I found it interesting. Um, you know, there there have been reactions from several you know people with the mic and comedians. And Howard Stern was actually talking about how it's a double standard at the way that people are responding to what happened with Chappelle versus the way that they're responding to what happened with uh, Will Smith. You know, Will Smith. They basically said Will, he was saying Will Smith was able to go back to his seat and enjoy the rest of the show. Whereas this man was stomped in the back and everybody like agreed that that was okay to handle the situation that way. This is what, this is what Stern said. This is what Stern said. So he's outraged at the double standard that basically not saying Will Smith should have been stomped backstage, but that he should have been punished for assaulting someone when you see how people or Hollywood responded differently when this no name person tried to assault Dave Chappelle. Your thoughts? He's right. At the same time, I mean, he's right. Of course, it's a double standard, but he had a knife, man. You never also, the thing with Will is, look, obviously he's right. This nigga had a knife. He's definitely, he's definitely right. It would have been so funny, though, if the guy, Isaac Lee, would have gone back to and everybody would have clapped for him. Dave Chappelle would have been like, ah, whatever, and been weird, and everybody would have, nah, but of course. And that was the thing with the Will Smith thing. The thing with the Will Smith thing was like, and also there are some other things in there. A lot of people felt like Chris Rock took a shot at Will Smith's wife. I don't know if Isaiah Lee 
was definitely attacking Jay for some joke that he made. If Isaiah Lee had, if if put it to you like this, if that was Bill Burr who was Dave Chappelle and Isaiah Lee was who he is, a black man, and Bill Burr had called him a nigger, then nobody would be having that. People would be saying, hey, the insult demanded a response. And that was the response. That was the reaction that they were making to Will Smith. So Will Smith more so that the insult demanded a response, which I disagree with. So it's not quite a one-to-one, but I can see how well, he get that What if he said something on. on stage that insulted this guy? Well, we know that the guy has been on Dave Chappelle for a while. So I don't know if he did or if he didn't, but you know, whatever. I, I'm wondering how he got up there. It's crazy. It's crazy. Have you been following the Drake uh, I'll Steal Your Bitch saga? Only because you brought it to my attention. I don't see how you go. I don't see how you miss this type of stuff. I'll be honest with you. I okay, don't see how lately you miss this. I have been on it with the trend with the trends. When you say, Did you see this? This went viral. I saw it. This I didn't see. How in the hell did you miss this? So what happens is I was I've been in Top Gun mode for the last literally three days. Between that and Roe v. Wade, I don't have time for this bullshit. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. The Roe v. Wade thing is annoying, for sure. But this Drake shit, this is a real issue. This is something that's really important to what. Go ahead. I'm saying the Roe v. Wade thing is inconvenient, but inconvenient. Drake trying to smash. Drake trying to yeah. You know, it's more than that. Drake trying to smash some dude's wife. This is what we really need to be talking about. It's funny that that's why I'm sorry so fucked because it is. So uh, this is what happened. Drake went to Instagram to, to defend T. Morant. T. Morant is John Morant's dad, and he's enjoying his time in the spotlight. The he sure the, is. The Grizzlies are doing great. T. Morant is out there. He's some people are saying he's the new Levar Ball. Can I can I ask a question before you get into this in regards sure. to T. Morant? Mm-hmm. What, was he this? Um, on display last year? Well, he's always been this on display, but they haven't really been in the playoffs for people to see. So, I mean, what are you watching Memphis on League Pass and you're going to see sure. Josh Dad sitting courtside and you're sure. not really going to care, right? But yeah. in this situation to where there's a first-round series, it's him versus uh, Minnesota and T. Moran sitting next to Carl Anthony Towns' father, and it's like now there's a bigger spotlight. Stars are made in the playoffs, and John Moran is becoming a superstar in the playoffs, but also T. Moran is becoming a superstar in the playoffs. And because society has an aversion to black fatherhood, and they hate it, uh, they have been criticizing T. Moran because as a black dad, you're not supposed to be too loving or too visible to your son. You're supposed to be in the background, never say shit, never tell the world that you told your son that he could be the best. You're supposed to say not a fucking thing as, as being a black dad. All right. Um, so he responded. He says, a poaching, someone said that uh, T. Moran is approaching, approaching LeVar Ball levels of annoyance. This is what Drake said. <laughs> Imagine your son makes it to the league and he's Ja or Melo or Alonzo and all you do is be elated and competitive and over-supportive, and it's a rite of passage to that OG's talk shit, he said. He said, all you do is all you can do is be elated and competitive and over-supportive, and it's a rite of passage to that the OG's talk shit. I don't know. I, I don't know what Drake is saying right there. He says, I know I'm gonna be this way if my son is even in a Rubik's Cube competition. So the troll came back. Your son probably play with ghost riders. He wrote it, Drake. <laughs> Uh, Drake just said, I just followed your girl. 
because she's probably miserable and needs some excitement in her life. Turns out Drake actually did follow this woman and then he DM'd her saying, I'm here for you, Ma. Since then, the husband has been milking this situation. The husband and wife have been milking it. They got t-shirts. They got hosting events. They got all kinds of things. This guy is actually getting famous because Drake threatened to fuck his wife. Let's be real. This is what Drake was threatening. This, so think about how famous you have to be. Monica Lewinsky had oral sex with Bill Clinton, and that made that made Monica Lewinsky famous, right? Mm-hmm. In this situation, Drake is so famous, all he has to do is threaten to fuck your wife, and now you're famous. That's nuts. Or, your thoughts. Or we just live in such a silly society that we make somebody like that famous because we actually give that person attention. And it's like, for what? That's that's how I look at it. Why do we? We are the ones who, not us, but like we are the ones who make somebody like that famous. That means we're paying attention. We're giving it attention, likes, follows, retweeting, whatever it may be, buying their merch, attending their hosting events. That's to me what it speaks more volumes on. Not just that Drake is that famous. That we are that silly as a society. Also, Drake has too much time on his hands right now. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Drake was wrong for this? I don't care. I, I'm indifferent. You don't give a fuck? I, I don't think Drake was was wrong. It's funny oh, no. to me. I think mm-hmm. it's funny to me. Is it disrespectful? Sure, I guess. But well, how is it disrespectful? But the guy was disrespectful to him. Yeah. good is good for the gang. Yeah, like, I mean, the guy started it. Drake responded to it. But, you know, it's just more of like, if this guy becomes famous for this, this is our fault. All right. Uh, did you did you see this J.J. Reddick thing that happened on ESPN? How could I not? Now, see, I saw this. So J.J. Reddick is the J.J. Reddick is the is the unexpected ally of the week, although it's not like that unexpected. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's not that unexpected. He's my unexpected ally of the week, though. Um, okay, reaching Chris Russo, whatever. It, it, it might be Alito. Um, uh, wow. Chris, Russo, Chris Russo, <laughs> the, mad, the mad dog, uh, had a lot of stuff to say about Draymond Green. Um, Draymond Green was talking about fans booing him as, as blood ran down his face after an elbow he took. And I'm not going to play you Draymond's sound because we all need to. You know, We all know that Draymond's very outspoken. Chris Russo said on first take after the unspoken Draymond spoke his uh, opinion, he said, he's so hard to root for. Shut up and play. Shut up and play. You know what, Chris Russo? The next time, just put a nigger at the end of it. <laughs> he said, the next time, just put a nigger at the end of it. Shut up and play, nigger. Just put a nigger at the end of it. What the fuck made Chris Russo think that... Rachel, you never just look at people and be like, <laughs> why would we take that? Like, who's who's going to take that? Huh? We didn't. And that's what I love so much about it is that Stephen A. Smith, I don't know why I said his name like that. Stephen A. didn't have to get him right. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Right. Smith didn't have to get him right. 
I love that it was a white man talking to another white man. I didn't want to see Stephen A. Smith have to have that battle because it's just it's just such a ridiculous take in the way that J.J. Reddick broke it down and really made him look so stupid, so stupid. He says, shut up and play, will you please? America's tired of Draymond Green. America, right? His America. Cause, His cause America. Because you, you, America, is tired of Draymond Green. We all know he has a great skill set for that team. I understand how good he is. I can't root for him. JJ, get him. I give you a large segment of older fans who have followed the NBA for 60 years, who are, this is not a political scenario or a race situation, who have followed Wilt and grew up as a Knicks fan, who loved Clyde and loved Weed yeah, but and I, I, I disagree with you on that. I don't think I don't, I'm not saying the, it's a race situation. I'm saying that this, the the fans you're talking about, they talk about athletes that way, like you just talked about an athlete. I think there's a lot. The I think people, there's the a people on Fox, segment. The people on Fox News talk about athletes that way. Well, that's I mean, that's and my and Fox News. That's is, my issue. I, I don't actually care about the fans that watched Bob Cousy play right. or watched Wilt play. I don't care. Right. I appreciate right. that they've been NBA fans that long. Right. But I don't appreciate the undertone. Okay, so let me ask you a question. And I, I really I really want this to I want everyone who might think the way Chris, Chris, Chris Russo, Mad Dog, is entitled to his opinion. But it's so hard sometimes to make the Chris Russo's of the world believe that we don't care. Like, why in my 42-year-old black-ass life would I give a fuck what somebody who watched the NBA, Bob Cousy, fucking 60, 70 years, why would I care what they think? Why would I care what anyone, like, why would Draymond Green, what the fuck is into, what do these people be going through? Why in the fuck? Would he think that that's an intelligent point to make? That people are people that watch the NBA back when there were segregated water fountains, that we should give a fuck what they think about this motherfucker saying whatever he wants to say. I'm glad he got his ass toe up. <laughs> you he know got what his I, ass whipped. You know what I think happened to him? He was basically trying to say that there are certain people who don't like what. Uh, Draymond Green brings to the table. And the moment he had to explain what that meant, it was already too late. Yeah. It was already too late. There was nothing he could do. When it came out of his mouth, who are those people? It's too late. You've already put your foot in your mouth. You've revealed who you are at this point. That's why he had to say it's not political, it's not racist. Yes, it is. And you know it. And that's why you tried to make that disclaimer. It was too late for Mad Dog. And he Poor left with his tail between his legs too. He after after a, dealing with JJ, he turned. He was a mad dog at first, and then he left. This Bozeman. Bozeman, don't do just, Bozeman like that. Bozeman don't do your son like friend. that. Bozeman just always needs a friend. He's like friend, friend, friend. I miss my dog so much. But look, we gotta. It's just such an interesting situation, having to share a society with people that think they own that society. It's so it's hard. It's always been that way. Well, yeah, but you, you get to a certain age and then you start noticing it, right? That's like very you, true. You, you'll be having a conversation with someone and you'll be like, oh, you 
you think you're more important than me. Like for real though. Not mm-hmm. like in a you know how like a like you get to a point it's like you you really get to a point you're like oh this person really feels this way. This is a real thing. I feel like that sometimes when I see things that I only saw on television. I get to New York and I, I'm looking at like the Empire State Building. The first time I saw it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is real! It's not just a thing that they invented for TV." I feel that way about like racism and shit. Sometimes I'm like, "You really racist? Like you don't give a fuck? Like you really think nuts?" You remember my interview last year? I that was that kitchen. moment. That was that moment. Oh, <laughs> oh, soupy, okay. soupy. No. Who the would you hell like are him? you? Oh, oh who the? Oh, <laughs> soup. Oh, whoa, whoa. So there it is. Churn the progresso. Churn the progresso. I saw a new soup brand. I saw a new soup brand. Not it was called soup. Well, Well, Yes. I think we've done ask for them before. Where did you see this? Man? Well, yes. I thought about Soup Kitchen when I saw Well, Yes. Are you leaving The Bachelor? Well, yes. And like, he's like butternut squash soup. Soup Kitchen fucked up. Soup Kitchen, Mike Russo, look, new segment alert. This might prove my ADHD. The Soup Kitchen Award of the Week. Like, Mike Russo is Chris Russo. Chris Russo is the Soup Kitchen Award winner for just saying something privileged. This the Soup Kitchen Award winner. I like it. I like it. I like it. it my unexpected time. ally. Uh uh-uh, uh, you did my unexpected ally of the week because you did yours with JJ. Sure. Is whoever leaked that draft oh, opinion. Because wow, I know they were white. I know they were white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were. Definitely. All right, Donnie, it's time for Animal, Animal, Animal Games. Animal, Animal Games. Animal, Animal, Animal Games. Animal, Animal Games. That's the Animal Games theme song right there. Yes! (laughs) Take it away, Donnie. All right. So uh, the scoreboard as it currently stands, just so we are all aware, Van and Trudy each have a point apiece. Rachel is yet to get on the board. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought we start over each week. Oh, do we? I thought we were keeping track. No, we're keeping track of animal games. For how long? Until until we get to like uh, animal games. This is animal games is an ongoing thing. Okay. It's okay. Every. Until we get to 10 points. Let's just do until we get to 10 points. We start over. 10 points. Okay. All right. The uh, category this week is marine life. Uh, (laughs) Marge and Deirdre. Donnie, you're having too much fun. (laughs) Which of these is not a cephalopod? A, a squid. B, a cuttlefish. C, a jellyfish. Or D, an octopus. A cuttlefish is not a cephalopod. And guess what? Not only is a cuttlefish not a cephalopod, as told in Avengers Age of Ultron um, by Ulysses Claw, a cuttlefish can change colors and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Ulysses Claw was scared of a cuttlefish when he was a kid, and he told that to Iron Man. Boom! Oh Final gosh, answer. Yes. Damn, you are so confidently wrong. 
the the right answer was jellyfish. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. man. You had a fact to follow it up with. And, all right, my bad. Oh, no. Okay, so uh, Rachel, your turn. This is coming from Monica. Are you frozen? She's froze. Okay. There you go. Can you hear me? Yes. My, it froze, and I was like, yes. It, yes, it froze. While you was getting all into it. Come on and get your points. It's your turn. Okay. From Did he, Monica. Was he right? Was he right? I was wrong. No, 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 no. He was wrong. very wrong. So Shut wrong. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what yes. was the answer? What was the answer? The answer was C, jellyfish. Jellyfish I'm is dead. not You were on a rant. <laughs> I, was, I was like, please let him be wrong. And he was. Oh, 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 man, I missed the moment. <laughs> okay. Come on, Donnie. Give it to me. I'm okay, motivated now. In, this is coming from Monica from the DMV. How many legs does a lobster have? Oh, Your shit. options are 10, 8, 6, or 12. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with ten. Ooh, you are on the board, Rachel. One point for Rachel. <laughs> I don't even eat lobster, so I don't know. Who? I don't know. Who? 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 Yes. Let's go. All right, Trudy, are you ready? I am. Okay. Megan Malloy asks, octopuses. She says octopuses are smart creatures and are considered to have a similar level of intelligence as which animal? The options are crows, house cats, pigs, or humans. It's humans. Oh, no, 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 no. It is definitely house cats. Oh, wait, what? (laughs) Y'all are lying. It's humans. You think octopus are as smart as humans? They will fucking take over the world. (laughs) 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 See, this is why I'm be honest with you. It was anything but humans. Look, so here's the thing. Seriously. How confident I was on my wrong answer. Yo. And then Trudy's answer. You're this lying. is why we need animal games. You're lying. Trudy I fucking swear. thinks I, that an octopus is as smart as a human being. Similar. Hey, Trudy. Similar. They be Trudy, if they were human Trudy. beings, we'd have they'd be like Caesar. Replant, like, yeah, you Trudy, know what I mean? They'd be talking. If they were as smart as people, Trudy, they built their own technology. They had music. Wait, what was the answer? Literature. House cats. House cats, which means Trudy, they can learn to do here. tricks. Make it, oh, make I mean, it I Ursula. Guess. Make it Yay. Ursula real life. Trudy, that's a cartoon. <laughs> All right, w- one more round. Let's go. Y'all Last know round. I'm good in the second round. Last round. Yeah, you're good. Okay, Van. Adam Deal asks if you can name mm-hmm. four marine mammals. And you've got 15 seconds starting now. Dolphin, whale, Manatee seal. All right. Good job. Boom! Animal, animal, that was too, animal that was games. Too easy. That was animal, too easy. animal games. Rachel, your turn. Two, baby. Okay, Rachel. What? This is coming from Steve DeFeo. What is the largest fish? <laughs> Uh, the largest fish is a barracuda. Can I steal? No. 
can we institute stealing? Because I know this one, I think. Oh, do y'all both know it? <laughs> no, get Joe no, Trudy, no, no, go no, no, for no. it. You can say it, but you're not gonna get any points. <laughs> Don't test me, Ray. Is it a, a mermaid? Shirt? No. <laughs> is it a sh- uh shark is half of the word half of the it's a whale shark oh it's like a, oh okay oh it's a whale shark both oh, of y'all would have missed that yeah definitely would have missed i don't have a half okay. a point can we institute half no hell no, no. truly your your no. last question on animal games okay, okay but uh speaking of sharks uh, this is coming from Kudos. coming from at yawning emoji she wants to know trudy if you can name five types of sharks yeah, I feel like we should be able to steal points. Um, a hammerhead, a killer shark. Is that a thing? A sand shark, a baby shark. <laughs> um, Trudy, uh, you're fucking fired. Is there We're done. a <laughs> it's, wapenog? It's, yeah. We're done here. Oh what? It, it's how over, many? Trudy. I, how many was that? That was something. well. You've said five. You've said five things, but <laughs> a carpet shark. Said, first of all, you're googling she said, shit. She said a baby know. shark. No, she said a like baby shark. A baby, a baby shark. She said a baby shark. That kind of counts. But 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 Donnie, but but no no no. Donnie, are you fucking enough. kidding me? She didn't get it. I, 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 baby shark. I will take baby shark. But uh, Donnie, you still didn't name what? You want to know? A baby shark is not a type of shark. No, it's not a type of shark. Yes, it is. Look how big barracudas are. So close. Yeah, they're pretty big. All so right, what is the animal? Game? My week. So who got so okay. so I'm up yeah. two, it's two one one. one. Two one one, yeah. With answers animal like games. this week, the fact that I'm tied with Trudy is troubling. That's <laughs> <what's>, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Trudy, I'll be honest with you. We should kick Trudy out of animal games. <laughs> no. We should. No, 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 no. That right. octopus one. The fact that you didn't say me. great white shark is beyond Weird. me. Oh see, yeah, it just wasn't coming to me. <laughs> All right, Donnie, run the song. We're going to do one mailbag question. Pick one. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. Okay, so coming from Saf Dalla at IG. They want to know if you were to adapt your book, this is to both of you, to a film script, who would you cast to play yourself? Oh, I mean, Rihanna. Interesting. I want people to pay very close attention to this answer and store this in your memory banks. Anthony Mackie. As who? Somebody in the Player Proof crew? As me. Think about this. I want you guys to store this in your memory banks. Anthony Mackie is me. Maybe Danny Glover as my father. Just make sure you hold on to that. I'm not saying anything else. Make sure you hold on to that. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's obvious. <laughs> no, it's not obvious. You don't, you don't know what I'm talking about. Rachel, you know what's obvious? What's obvious, Rachel, is that you really had a chip on your shoulder in this episode. <laughs> well, rightfully so, but nothing against you. Maybe it is just looking at another man just makes me sick <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, look, another fantastic episode. You guys get serious about your world. 
If you don't get serious about your world, your world will eat you alive. And that's all I got to say. I'm very upset. Um, I am Van Lathan Jr. And I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys. You don't own me. I'm not just one of your many toys. You don't own me.